0: Next on BYU Sports Nation, the Cougars score 70 in a football game for the first
1: time in 14 years. Yes, we know it's Wagner. Did you see what you wanted to on Saturday? ESPN's Trevor Maddich on what BYU accomplished against Wagner and his updated college football playoff team. Plus, George Q. Cannon tackles BYU running back Algie Brown. After further
2: review, what would you do about it? Hashtag let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem
0: Jordan. Happy Monday, everyone. BYU Sports Nation back to work live in Radio Vision presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. October 26th, wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up
1: with two-time SN Bingo runner-up, Jerem Jordan. Yeah, runner-up probably. That was fun. That was, made the game a little more engaging. We knew the second half might be a little boring. But uh, there, were a lot, there were a lot of entertaining plays to me. Tough when you're blowing a team out like that. But the bingo board provided something else to engage you with the game. 17 of the
0: 25 squares filled out. Things that did not happen. A BYU picked six. A Johnny Linehan punt, and I want to expound on that just a little bit.
1: That board is pretty lit up. Now, what didn't... Yeah, yeah. Hail Mary, Bronson sack, blue goggles. Blue goggles? We could have done our part on that one. How does
0: Devon Blackman still not have a touchdown?
1: More on that later.
0: Trevor Sampson didn't take the field to kick a field goal, (laughs) although he didn't make 10 extra points.
1: 10 extra points, though. (laughs)
0: That's 10 points. He He was one of the high scorers in the game with just extra points. But really... Johnny Linehan stole the show on Twitter. He tweeted out the following Love my quarterbacks, but was it too much to ask for just one punt? It takes me 38 minutes to figure out how to put my pads on.
1: I want to play too. 332 retweets, 1,077 favorites. <laughs> no one wants you to punt. It's only if we have to, Johnny. I just got this We tweet don't in. want you to see the field. That was the perfect situation. Yeah, I just
0: got this tweet in from at CVD6262. Better give Johnny Linehan a helmet sticker. The best weapon is the one that you never have to fire.
1: That's exactly right. No, Johnny's Johnny's done a good job. For a guy that's never punted, he's done a nice job this year. But let's be honest. No one wants to see a punt. If BYU goes every game without a punt the rest of the season, that means they're scoring a bunch of points. Or they're turning the ball over.
0: 70. You're right. We want to
1: see occasional punts.
0: 70 points. Again, yeah, it's Wagner. But BYU doesn't score 70 hardly ever. So it was nice to
1: see the scoreboard light up that much. Robert and I got my text again. I appreciate him getting great cell service on the field. That's a again. complete
2: miscalculation of what happened. I
1: I just saw seventy, so I don't know what th- thing three is talking about.
0: Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines: The Cougars, as we have just referenced, beat Wagner seventy to six. Tanner Mangum threw for two hundred thirty-seven yards. Three touchdowns on 12 of 13 passing. Is that good, Jerem?
1: His passer rating was in the 300s. I don't know what that means. I think that's good.
0: Bo Hodge threw for a touchdown and ran for two touchdowns.
1: Kyle Collinsworth has tendonitis in his left knee and will sit out the cougar tip off and rest this week. Collinsworth did not participate in boom shakalaka. I was told, and we were told, it's minor tendonitis.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't get too concerned about that. This is just precautionary. Rest him.
1: Yet, at the beginning of the season, Kyle Collinsworth not playing uh, in some of the lead-up to that is, is concerning to a degree.
0: Cougars in the NFL. Kyle Van Noy had his first career quarterback yeah. sack. It's about time. Attaboy, KVN. Nice job. Ziggy Ansah also had a sack and a forced fumble, but the Lions lost again, this time to Minnesota, 28-19. Tonight, Alani Fua and the Arizona Cardinals host... Dennis Pitta and the Baltimore Ravens. But
1: Pitta's not back yet. Correct. So, yeah. Fifth ranked women's soccer tied Santa Clara in my favorite thing in all of sports, a scoreless draw Saturday night. BYU hosts Pepperdine and LMU this week. The Cougars have some work to do. Down one, uh, I think they're down two points with three games to go. They Coast need conference. some help to win the conference. They need to actually hatch
2: back on the field. Absolutely. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Taking care of business. Hodge on the keeper. Touchdown. Bo Hodge's first touchdown at BYU.
0: One of many good things that happened for BYU on Saturday. Yes, it was against winless Wagner. Victory! But BYU didn't disappoint. They could have come out flat and looked disinterested against a team like that, but the Cougars were just the opposite. Very sharp, built a forty-two to nothing lead midway through the second quarter. But was it enough to make you happy? And that brings us to
1: today's Twitter question. What did you see from BYU against Wagner that you wanted to see? Use the hashtag BYUSN at Dave Huck. Seeing a Detmer at QB throwing to die in my lifetime, that was a sweet moment. Detmer Detmer to to die. die. Yeah. Yeah, that was great. That was great. Personally, I got what I wanted. I wanted 70 points from BYU. That was our Saturday on Friday. Ding, ding, ding. To get 70 was was good. Um, I thought BYU – it's not running up the score. It was BYU was aggressive in the fourth quarter. They were passing the ball. They were throwing in wrinkles. Now, if Bo Hodge needs to see the field, he's done it before. He's done it before. So, it's good. I wanted to see uh, someone on defense – Get a shot on offense uh, for a touchdown. Now, that didn't happen for a touchdown, but Remington Peck played tight end. I thought that was interesting.
0: I got one of the two things that I wanted. A 30-plus yard kickoff return.
1: It was 30. The
0: previous, high, the previous high was 29. It would have been longer. I want to say it would have been 50-something, but there was a penalty on the kickoff return that brought Classic. it back. So it went for 30. But it, that's what I wanted. BYU had some spark in the special teams. In the punt return game, particularly, okay. from Michael Shelton.
1: He's the guy from now on, by the way. I, I, I know it's Wagner, but he's going to get a San Jose State, you better believe Michael Shelton's the punt return.
0: Still no Devon Blackman touchdown catch, though, Come on, Man, Come on, man. I really thought that would happen on Saturday.
1: At Family Budge. I didn't see Devon Blackman get a TD. Would have been the icing on the cake, which brings us to the stat of the day.
2: It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day.
1: Listen to this. Devon Blackman has the third most catches without a receiving TD in BYU history. Third most at 42. Number one is Nate Mickle. Wow. Beloved Nate Mickle at 57. So he's 16 catches away. Number two is Robert Parker with 50. And then Devon Blackman at 42.
0: Nate Mickle had 57 catches and but none no of them for a touchdown? receiving
1: touchdowns. Wow.
0: Devon okay. Blackman, if he doesn't score a touchdown, is going to be on the top of that list at the end of the season.
1: I would think that in the next five games, Devon Blackman will have at least 16 catches. Get him a touchdown! Three a game, yeah.
0: We've already talked about a few of the things that we did learn, even though one of them wasn't that Devon Blackman would now have a touchdown to his credit. (laughs) Remington Peck playing tight end. And Bronco Mendenhall, I saw number 44 on offense, and I was like, is Remington Peck playing offense? Who that? Bronco Mendenhall addressed that very specific thing after the game. Listen to this.
1: No, it's it's permanent for the rest of the season. He's emerged right now as, for that role, the true tight end position, one of, well, he, he is our starter now at that spot. He earned that spot this week, and and so our plan going into today's game was to give him around 30 to 35 plays at that spot.
0: That's an interesting plot twist for this BYU team.
1: Hey, and it's Wagner. This is the game to figure that out. Tanner Baldery has been the healthy Come in and block tight end. He's run some routes. Brian Sampson was a guy that was a pass-catching tight end. Now, when Bronco talks about the true tight end, he means the guy that's going to come in there and block like Baldry, I believe. But Remington Peck played tight end in high school. Uh, He's going to be an option now. Now, BYU's run game has benefited from this. Fantastic. And Remington Peck is a guy who's been buried just a little bit. As a defensive lineman, there's a lot of talent On a very
0: good defensive line. Yeah.
1: So I I think that if you can get him on the field and he helps you on offense, great. Who else else is there that could do that as well on both sides? If there's other guys, might as well give him a look. And you better believe Remington is all
0: in on this. Take a listen.
1: But he gives us the ability to run the ball more effectively. And he was a tight end in high school. He runs and catches decent. And so... He already knows the defense inside and out, and we can use him in that role whenever we need to. But we're looking predominantly for for him to help us um, continue to get better offensively. And pretty neat that he's able to do that and wants to do it.
0: You think he was excited need- <laughs> when Bronco said, "Hey, do you want to play tight end?"
1: Oh yeah, we need to use that last part of Bronco's soundbite out of context all the time. It's pretty neat that he's uh, willing to do that and can do that. We're gonna <laughs> u- we're gonna we're gonna use that for this. Clip it off. Yeah, that's good. So you beat Wagner seventy to six. You have a bye week. You prep for San Jose State. I like where BYU is at right now. You know what I love the most about right now? That no one's talking about bowl eligibility. Bowl eligibility is one of the most overrated things in college football. It is not hard to get into a bowl game. There are 40 bowl games. Okay, You have to win six games, five against D1 competition. BYU has a higher standard than going to a bowl. I love that no one's talking about that.
0: The impressive part there is that they did it. In October, after that September schedule.
1: BYU is overachieving to me this season. They have a legitimate chance to run the table in November and finish with 10 wins. And given the September schedule and the injuries, that, is a fan, that would be a fantastic result. Tanner Mangum's hamstring, by the way, he did not look hampered in any way, shape, or form. So he has a bye week, and then for, what, 11 days out, I heard you say earlier? Yeah. Until the Friday, the 6th at San Jose State in the latest game BYU has maybe ever played outside of a Hawaii game. That game starts at 11:30 Eastern, starts at 11:30 Eastern. We're getting off the post game show at 3 something Eastern. Yeah, that'll be fun. And
0: waking up to watch early morning Saturday
1: college football. And then I'm calling the volleyball match cuz you're not back yet. <laughs> I'm happy to do it.
0: Trevor Maddich of ESPN will join us in about six minutes to talk about BYU's chances to run the table in the regular season and finish with 10 wins and two losses. What percent chance does Trevor on Maddich Monday give the Cougars? Let's keep talking about Tanner Mangum. He was all business. The hamstring looked just fine. 12 for 13, 237 yards, three touchdown passes, and about a quarter and a half's worth of work. I wasn't sure how much ground Tanner was going to make on these freshman passing records against Wagner. He made some good leeway. He
1: made up for Michigan, which brings us to Chasing Heaps.
2: On his way to breaking BYU freshman passing records, Tanner Mangum is Chasing Heaps.
1: The countdown you didn't know you needed, wanted, but that you need? What? <laughs> okay, let's update you on this. Touchdown passes for Tanner Mango. Two pass heaps. Two passing attempts, 139. Completion, 64 passing yards, 412. So he's probably a game and a half away. Two games. And wins, two. Wins is the most important one, people. That is, as a starter, and then did BYU win that game?
0: You want to know my bold prediction already for San Jose State?
1: What? Tanner 4-12? Mangum passing
0: yards? We'll pass Keeps against San 4-12. Jose State.
1: 412. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: That is going to happen.
1: Yeah. We'll break down San Jose plenty San Jose State plenty later, later. Classic trap game. Just throwing that out there. Tanner Mangum That's on right. his way to
0: becoming the most heralded freshman quarterback <laughs> in BYU history.
1: There have been so many who've played as many as Tanner. Wait, Tanner's gonna play the most, which is Good for everybody. I Credit think, to, to
0: him point. for stepping up when the opportunity was presented to
1: him. Dude, I'm telling you, BYU's overachieving with this year. They're playing some good football right now when that, if that defense stays healthy. Things are going well. How deep has the, have the running backs been? It's, it's been a, a really good season for BYU so far. Your one loss to a really talented Michigan, and then that other loss is a one-pointer against UCLA. I think BYU's played really well. BYU can add a special team
0: spark to what they already have going. All the better. And does BYU have that now with Michael Shelton returning punts? I
1: cannot make any declarative statements about anything after the Wagner game. It's tough game. to do that because right. of the opponent. Yeah, and Michael Shelton showed us something. That's the point. He showed us enough to go, you get a shot, man. You get a shot and kick and punt return. And maybe BYU can get more than, I don't know, the measly, what are they averaging on kicker, 16 or something? BYU can do much better than it's that. It's one of those stats like, that I avoid. just it. You're going to get a first down if you just kneel it. Now you ran it out. I avoid Fif- that stat. 15-yard line. Ah!
0: Special teams changeups, Remington Peck moving to offense, Tanner Mangaball business, and now it's time to rest. But it's a Monday after a game. So naturally, we have to ask you: did you see what you wanted to? Our conversation happening right now on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN and join BYU Sports Nation. Let's go to the Twitter machine.
2: It's Twitter time. What did you see from b
0: y u Wagner that you wanted to see at Blue Brethren says Nate Carter got back to being the goat greatest of all time, and <laughs> we all know he is
1: is that a troll? come on the seventy yard run was a nice run. that was awesome by Nate Carter that was a good run, and there was some drama uh, after the after the game about the y factor pick it went to Francis Bernard Brian Logan was. He was, was legi-
0: he was legitimately bothered and upset about here's that. How,
1: here's how bothered he was. I called him on the way home just to make sure he was cool. <laughs> Everything's cool. Brian, Brian Logan will join us Thursday and Friday when I'm taking some days off, and he will probably strike back anyway. Well, somebody tweeted like the in, Empire. hey, I saw Bo
0: Hodge tweet about Y-Factor, and I saw one for Nate Carter after the game. The, the voting we, we ends said, when
1: the game ends. We said before the game that it ended with the game. So, follow, hey, this is White. Follow the rules. You, for, know, you
2: came here. You knew. The one factory is what we thought it is.
1: For those of you that didn't watch,
0: I received 100% of the vote. Because there were so many votes during the game. <laughs> It's fun. Stop. Oh. at J Mort 007. Breaking the scoreboard. It stopped working in the fourth quarter, even blanked out for a time.
1: It seriously did. No one okay, so Lauren Frankham's on the sideline. And I'm I'm in the, the building getting ready for the postgame. She said, Can you tell me how much time there is? And I said, No, we have no idea in here either. We have no clue. I don't know how much time there is. All of a sudden, you see Bronco walk onto the field. <laughs> okay, that's it. All right, that was weird. The game's <laughs> over, I guess. <laughs> I, I worked a rugby game at Southfield uh, when we did a game on TV back in uh, 2009. BYU scored 111 points in that game, and there were only two digits because it's meant for soccer. Yeah, it was el- it was, at one point it was 11 to 3. It was 1 to 3 because it was 101, 111. That was the weirdest scoreboard thing I've seen.
0: How many schools get to broadcast a game against an FCS opponent to a worldwide audience?
1: Uh, Oxford's uh, soccer I, again, team. Again,
0: it's unique.
1: Yeah, it, it really is. It was it was fun. It was our day. It was BYU TV's uh, showcase day.
0: Up next on BYU Sports Nation, ESPN's Trevor Maddich joins us. What kind of a chance is he giving BYU to run the table? And what was the best thing that he saw in the BYU Wagner game on Saturday? This is BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation. Chime in using the hashtag BYUSN.
1: Super Tuesday is every week in the fall on BYU TV. It starts at 6 Eastern time, Tuesday night, starting with the rebroadcast of this program, BYU Sports Nation, followed by an hour of Inside BYU Football. Last week's episode followed by a brand-new edition at 7.30 Eastern, then at 8 Eastern after further review. Check it out Tuesday night's Starting at 6 Eastern on BYU TV.
0: Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline, as he does every Monday, is ESPN College football insider Trevor Maddich. Trevor, good to have you with us again.
3: Great to be back after a massive victory, huh?
0: The Cougars score 70 for the first time in 14 years. Again, it was Wagner, but what did you see from BYU against the Wagner Seahawks that you wanted to see?
3: I saw two things. One, that they were able to get their starters some rest, finally. It's been such a such an amazingly relentless grind all season. They finally got to let those guys out there, break a sweat, have some success, and then let the backups go in. And then the second thing was the backups. They let the backups play the game. A lot of people are upset because BYU puts up 40 points or 70 points against Wagner, but they were still throwing the ball. But the thing is they needed to. The backup quarterbacks needed to throw. The backup receivers needed to catch, get tackle downfield and hold on to the ball. The backup offensive lineman needed to protect the passer, and it doesn't make much sense to have guys like that go in and just, just run out the clock, and that's their only experience because down the road, they may need to go in when it's real and pick up the real offense, not just to run out the clock offense. So I thought everybody did well from the coaches right down to the the, the backups farthest down the depth chart.
1: And I thought it was, uh, when, when BYU scheduled this game, Wagner had won two of the last three conference championships, then they came into of game zero and six, and so it ended up being what it was. BYU stays healthy; they executed at a high level. I, I agree with you. I thought it was a good day. So, how should fans weigh what they saw and uh, against who BYU played?
3: Well. You know, I mean, BYU did not play Alabama, but I think BYU fans are sophisticated enough to know what the Cougars needed to get out of this game, and they got it out of this game. I think BYU fans also are sophisticated enough to know enough to know that they weren't dumping on Wagner when they continue to keep the pedal down. And so, I think what they should take away from it is really a sigh of relief that BYU got through October four zero, September two and two, Now here they are six and two with a bye week, and then San Jose State coming up. And so, I think what what BYU fans need to take away from now the season as a whole heading into the bye week is that these guys fought like madmen came within one point of beating u c l a and being seven and one, but six and two is still pretty good and uh gets considering the schedule that they played because they could have they could have lost all those games in September they came out two and two, and so this is this is a place where b y u fans you know can can exercise their sophistication in understanding the flow of a college football season and appreciate the Wagner game for what it was.
0: Trevor Maddux of ESPN with us on BYU Sports Nation, 1984 BYU national champion ESPN college football insider. What did you think of Bo Hodge, the son of one of your ESPN comrades, Merrill Hodge, and his play in that backup quarterback role?
3: I think Bo did a great job. I mean he can run the ball, which they need uh, run the ball certainly more than than Tanner Mangum does and I thought that was good that he showed that and running the ball, he broke a few tackles he spun away from some other tackles he he secured cured the ball pretty well. These are things that he needed to do. And then throwing the ball, he had some nice throws. And that builds his confidence. I mean, the East Carolina game when he came in subbing for Mangum when he was dinged with a hamstring injury, it didn't go so well for Bo. That's a tough situation to come into. And the fact that he was able to to play in this game um, and play well, knowing that it was in first gear because of the Wagner defense, but also knowing that when you're in first gear, you still have to execute first gear, and he did a really, really good job. Keep this in mind, that that the most important thing for a young, young backup quarterback to be able to do is get out there when there's not a net, where any mistake remains a mistake. Any interception, and you're off the field. You don't just run the next play in practice, where the defense is moving around trying to confuse you, trying to fool you, and they're hitting you for real. Now, even though it's just Wagner, all those emotions are still the same. And the fact that he was able to get out of the blocks, get into first gear, and play well was a very, very important moment for BYU football this season because now he's much, much, much better prepared to take over if something happens for Tanner, to Tanner.
1: Now you look at BYU with the bye week and then November coming up. BYU sitting at 6-2, and two, bowl eligible, chance to really do some damage down the stretch. Missouri's not impressed as much as we thought. Utah State got blown out by San Diego State. So now, now it looks like BYU has a shot at running the table. What percentage chance would you give BYU to do that?
3: I, they've got a good chance. I mean, I don't want to jinx them, but I would say something to the effect of 80%, 70 80%. Because you just look at it week to week, and Missouri still is a tough out. Even though they've struggled, their defense is really, really good. Statistically, one of the best defenses in the country. Still get after the quarterback exceptionally well, and just because of that side of the ball alone, BYU it will be a real quality win if BYU is able to beat Missouri. But I think and Utah State will be a tough out. Utah State forced seven turnovers against Boise State in the first half when they beat Boise. I mean, Utah State is real. So you know it, it will be it will be difficult to win out. But I give them about a chance because I trust BYU football to stay focused. I trust the players to not read their own hype and get away from what got them to this point, which is that relentless, urgent focus on the details of preparation. That's what got them here. And I trust them to keep with that, and therefore I trust them to run the table.
0: BYU now 11 days away from San Jose State. What's the right mindset the Cougars need to have during the bye week and going into a game that, on paper, they should win and it shouldn't be close?
3: that's That's a great question because physically during the bye week, they need to make sure that the guys that need rest get the rest. But mentally, every single one of them need to treat this bye week as extra preparation for the Rose Bowl. For the, the Super Bowl, for the championship, because San Jose State's four and four. They're 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 not great. They're they're not horrible. They've got a running back that if you give him an inch, he will run for three hundred yards on you, and he's done that this year. But BYU should be able to beat them unless they don't focus on preparation. And when you play a team like San Jose State that that sees this as their Super Bowl, then you're susceptible to getting injured. I mean, actual creating injuries. If you roll your helmet out on the field and expect the other team just to roll over, that's not going to happen with San Jose State. And so the right mindset, even while they're being protected physically where they need to be, the right mindset is to have every meeting, every practice, every conditioning and, and training room session as if this game coming up against San Jose State were, were for a spot in the college football playoff. Now, if they focus mentally like that, the coaches will take care of them physically, and they'll take care of business against San Jose State.
1: And I agree with you, Tyler Irvin. We'll talk about him more next week, but almost 1,200 yards rushing and 12 touchdowns already. Let's talk national now. Who are your top four teams after, what is it, week eight
3: after week eight, my top four teams are Ohio State. They, their offense is coming back around. I like that JT Barrett is back in there. They're still not where, they're, where they were last year at the end of the year offensively in terms of their precision, but they're getting it back. Baylor, even though Baylor may have lost their quarterback, their backup, Jared Stidham, is very, very good, and they still have fantastic skill players, fantastic offensive line. I think Baylor is still a top four worthy team. Clemson. Deserves to be there. Uh, Clemson is, uh, is playing better and better all the time. And then number four is a tough spot for me. Uh, number four. Now, if I just take who's best on the field, I've got to take Alabama. Their defense is suffocating. Their offense is getting better and better. Uh, but it's tough for me to pick them over Stanford. I think Stanford is playing exceptionally well as well. But if I had to pick one of those two teams for number four, it's Alabama. So no,
1: no love for LSU, TCU, or Michigan State.
3: Love LSU, but uh, their defense is good, not great, and they're still emerging with their quarterback, Brandon Harris. I don't trust him fully yet. TCU has had epic injuries on defense, and so the team that's on the field right now is not the same team that was on the field in the opener. Uh, Although Offense can outscore people, but I worry about that defense. And Michigan State, even though they are undefeated at 7-0, and uh, they've got epic injuries on the offensive line, and their defense has been way too easy to throw against. So part of what you have to look at is who is the team that's, that's on the field right now, not just what have they done in the past with other players. These are not the same players for TCU and for Michigan State because of the injuries.
0: Trevor, so you believe that the Pac-12 will be the conference that is a Power 5 conference left out of the college football
3: playoff? It's very possible Utah losing to USC the way they lost, they they lose benefit of the doubt. Even if they go on and win the Pac-12, the committee will have the excuse to say, yeah, but in their loss, they got obliterated by a team that was what three and three, I think, coming into that. So that's bad for the Pac-12. Now there there is no remaining undefeated Pac-12 team. If Clemson goes on and wins the ACC and wins out, and if they're undefeated, an undefeated Clemson would be chosen, I believe, over a one-loss Utah or Stanford Pac-12 champion. So, so that game for the Pac-12 that Utah, um, you know, they stubbed their toe out there in Los Angeles, that was a really big negative for the Pac-12. Stubbed their toe, broke their arm, right? Yeah, well, pretty much, you know, and I, the, the question here is Travis Wilson. What in the, what in the world happened to him? I, he's one of the quarterbacks that I, that I fully trusted coming into this game, and he made some decision that I'm, I'm very curious to hear the explanations for because they didn't make much sense based on what he's done this year so far.
1: Now you look at a, t- a team like, in a conference like the American, now, and, and this is interesting. I personally don't think that they have if they have an undefeated champion, let's say it's Memphis, Temple's still in the mix, Houston's still in the mix, they will have they will have gone through a gauntlet of beating Ole Miss, maybe a couple undefeated and ranked teams at the time. They'll have 13 wins potentially. Do they have any shot into the playoff? An undefeated American?
3: Yeah, they do. And I think the the team with the best opportunity for that would be Memphis. Uh, check that Temple. And and the reason is Temple has already got a win over a uh, Penn State team who's who. Uh, the only other loss, Penn State, is Ohio State. No other team so far this year has beaten Penn State except for Ohio State and Temple. That looks good to the committee. Now Temple hosts Notre Dame, another highly ranked team. And if they beat Notre Dame, then they'll have a chance to play Houston and Memphis in their own conference. Both teams will probably be ranked at the time they play, and that will be the, the best resume of all. I think I think Houston probably has the best team among those undefeated teams in the American Houston Memphis Temple. But they won't have have a chance to play uh, a, a highly ranked team out of conference. They'll play Memphis and Temple either in the regular season or in the postseason in the conference championship game, but they won't get that signature out-of-conference win where Temple has already got one against Penn State, and they've got a chance for a massive one in prime time uh, against Notre Dame. So so Temple's the team to watch for in the American with the best chance to get into the playoff. Now, that's just the playoff. One of those teams will probably be in the New Year's Six bowls. But playoff, you need the body of work to give the committee an excuse to elevate you in over another Power 5 team.
0: ESPN College Football Insider Trevor Maddich with us on BYU Sports Nation. There are 12 undefeated teams left after Week 8. That's a lot. Eight in Power 5 conferences. But how many do you think will finish unbeaten after the regular season?
3: All right. LSU's unbeaten the last one in the in the SEC, and I don't think they will. They still have to play Alabama, other really strong teams there. TCU and Baylor will cancel, cancel each other out. Uh, Baylor now losing their quarterback and TCU with their defense. It, it's very likely that both of those teams will lose a game. Clemson, I think, is the team that has the best chance to finish undefeated because they've already got that big win over Notre Dame, and they get a Florida State team that's that's got a few flaws at home. Their final game of the regular season, Clemson, in South Carolina, and in the past that's been a real a real difficult game to get past for the Tigers, but South Carolina's in complete disarray. So Clemson, I think, has the best chance to finish undefeated of all those Power 5 teams. Ohio State would be second. Ohio State, you know, the fact that they've been able to scratch out wins when their offense has been just a, a, a clunker for so much of the season so far means that when they finally get it wired tight, watch out. I, I see Ohio State's offense like a Ferrari who has all the parts but they're not put together quite correctly so it, it rattles down the road with wobbly tires and a steering wheel that's loose but once they get that thing fully bolted together Ohio State they're undefeated now nobody's going to beat them anywhere if they get it wire tied where are you going to be this weekend Trevor this weekend uh, we're home. We were at uh, Georgia Tech, Florida State in Atlanta last oh, week. Boy. This week we are we're home and we're going to Alabama in two weeks. So we uh, we're going to get a rest and then we're back at it.
0: Trevor, great to talk to you as always. Thanks for bringing it on another uh, M- Maddich Monday rather.
3: All right. Thanks, guys. And hey, enjoy the bye week. Take a long, long nap.
0: <laughs> Trevor Maddich on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Listen to this, Jeremy. I'm taking
1: Thursday and Friday out for a big nap.
0: According to ESPN's Football Power Index, the two what? undefeated teams with the best chance to run the table Ohio State, 32.8%, and Clemson, 32.6%. Hmm. Will either of them do it? It's so difficult, especially in a Power 5 conference. Yeah, absolutely. Up next, after further review, what would you do about the George Q. Cannon incident? I think Algie Brown may have caused more damage to the Cannon than done to him. (laughs) This is BYU Sports Station. Welcome back, sports friends. On a Monday, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan broadcasting in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV, presented by the BYU Store,
1: the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. That's exactly right. And inside BYU football is a brand, has a brand new edition tomorrow night, seven thirty Eastern. If you haven't watched this show, check it out. Fantastic stuff and all access look at BYU football like you've never seen it. Uh, and after the Wagner game, you're going to hear from different guys and maybe you've uh, heard from before uh, with Wagner. A lot of guys got in that game. Bull Hodge featured in that one as well. Check it out Tuesday night, seven thirty Eastern Time.
0: Look inside a very special meeting as well that BYU had.
1: Now that's right. So Friday night, BYU went to the Utah State Prison uh, and gave their fireside there. And I just I just read a line I, w- I want to share um, from that. Uh, there w- there was a guy who who was at that fireside um, and in the audience, an inmate, an inmate. And I don't have it pulled up here, but he ma- he made the. Um, the point He said, your fourth quarters and your comebacks have inspired me. I feel like I can have my fourth quarter in my life and make a comeback. Oh! It's bigger than football. It really is. You want BYU to be really good at football so that they have meaning to people's lives. That's awesome. So check it out. Uh, you'll see an all-access look at that event on uh, Tuesday night, 730 Eastern tomorrow.
0: Now everybody going to watch. You should anyway. That's fantastic. That is really cool stuff. Let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. The Cougars beat Wagner 70-6. to Tanner Mangum spoke at that fireside at the prison. He threw for 237 yards and three touchdowns. Bo Hodges' backup, threw for a touchdown to David Kessler and ran for two touchdowns as well.
1: Kyle Collinsworth has tendinitis in his left knee. That's the other knee, not the one he uh, tore his ACL in. And we'll sit out the Cougar tip-off, and it sounds like potentially the rest of this week Collinsworth did not participate in Boom Shakalaka.
0: Cougars in the NFL, Kyle Van Noy had his first career quarterback sack as a Detroit Lion. Ziggy Ansah, his teammates at BYU and now in Detroit, also had a sack and a forced fumble on the Lions' 28 19 loss to the Minnesota Vikings. Tonight, all about Alani Fua and the Arizona Cardinals. They host Baltimore.
1: Fifth-ranked women's soccer tied number 20, Santa Clara, 0 Saturday night. BYU hosts Pepperdine and LMU later this week, both on BYU TV, I believe.
0: You may have noticed our wardrobe change, and
2: that means it's time to whip out the whistles. After further review on BYU Sports Nation. Can you feel the
1: power?
0: Yes, he man, I can. You put on the referee jersey. You have to listen to what we say.
1: Hey, at WCC officials, who's got the jersey now, <laughs> Post? <punks? laughs>
0: After further review, number one
2: BYU keeps the pedal down and scores 7 0.
1: After further review, Robert and I is an equal opportunity scorer 70 points. He kept the pedal down. That's also an official. Ref signal. pedal down and got 70 points. I wanted 70. BYU got 70. Fantastic. First time since 01.
0: After further review, touchdown times 10. Yeah, that's BYU good. dropped 70 for the first time yeah. in 14 years. I don't care that it was against Wagner. It was nice to see 70 points on the scoreboard at Lavelle Edwards Stadium for the first time in a very long time. Touchdown all the way. Number two.
2: After further review, Tanner Mangum's hamstring. What is uh loose for two hundred alex i don't know
1: <laughs> he did not he did not look tight at all, okay He looked loose after what a week of rest, which was great, and now he has another week so I, I think he's ready to go. I hope that it's not an issue again, but I think whatever issue he had is gone
0: after further review, the call on the field stands. I was a little bit i guess. <sighs> I wasn't sure I liked seeing Tanner Mangum play that much on Saturday. And then he played, what, six drives, seven drives? Six drives. BYU scored 42 points. No issues. It was great. So the call on the field stands. Tanner Mangum looks just fine. Number three.
2: After further review, Colby Pearson and David Kessler both have TD receptions before Devon Blackman.
1: Calling bullcrap on that one. I don't know what (laughs) the symbol on that one is. (laughs) How does Devon Blackman not have a touchdown yet? He is the third most, as we highlighted earlier in the show. Third most catches without a touchdown BYU history. Credit to Colby Pearson, and David Kessler for getting their, getting touchdowns. Colby Pearson had a couple last year for goodness' sake, UCF and Middle Tennessee. David Kessler comes in and gets one. Devon Blackman may have uh, he may have uh, left the game earlier than maybe he should have, so that he had a shot. That's the game, right? He's going to get one though. He will get one. I'm throwing a 15-yard personal foul
0: flag on whoever deserves it. I don't know. Maybe the entire BYU offense. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. After further review, 15-yard personal foul for the BYU offense, not specifically targeting or targeting with the helmet. What's the targeting signal?
1: I can't remember. (laughs) Is it this? Yeah, yeah. No. The real – hold on. Is it slamming three fingers against your head? The real flag is to that ref against Boise State. That called offensive pass interference because that was a touchdown and that was a top ten play on SportsCenter.
0: Get Devon Blackman a touchdown. Also, referees figure out what targeting is. Figure it out. To channel my inner.
2: uh, What's going on right now? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, (laughs) number four. (laughs) After further review, the tackle by the George Q. Cannon. Oh. Now, I was told, this is only one
1: person that told it to me, uh, that when George Q Cannon, when that was initiated on the field, that those ROTC guys are supposed to stand in front of the Cannon. Now, they were not in front of the Cannon. I don't know if that's the actual SOP or not, but that, there, there's one element to this, okay? They got to protect the player by standing in front. And then number two is the Wagner defender shoves Algernon Brown once he crosses the plane of the end zone. How was that okay? How was that not addressed? Number 12, I don't know his name, but he shoves Algernon Brown into the cannon. And I hate watching that play because his shin, he, he had to be pulled out of the game. We were not told that there's more damage than, say, a cut, but what if there was because of George Q. Cannon. I don't think the cannon's at fault as much as I think the ROTC guys need to stand in front of it. Yeah. Especially when they're in that situation. After further review,
0: personal foul on the BYU ROTC for not protecting Algie Brown in front of the cannon. Yeah. That that will never happen again. Now, it's see, unfortunate that it had to happen, yeah. but it's never going to happen again. At Rexburg underscore runner says, someone better bubble wrap that cannon. Hey,
1: but yes. Something. Bubble, yes, sure. I And those guys are there. They do a fantastic job of what they do, but there's got to be some alteration to that. Number five.
2: Is it possible those guys were just tired after all the push-ups they did? They, that, oh, hey, maybe. That's a good hey, point. Hey, hey that maybe that point. factors into it. Point Ben Bagley. It's not worth the hurt and the injury, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's a great yeah. point.
0: Okay, now number five.
2: After further review, Dave Rose's assessment of the Boom Shakalaka dunk competition.
3: <laughs> I think the finalists were really good. The, 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 the Leading up to the finalists, we're a much better jump shooting team than we are dunking <laughs> <laughs> and
2: that's, just, But that's fine. by design. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, t- uh, three, three point, the three-pointer is good. You know <laughs> Who is it? Matt Carlino, pocket stoves. That was a fantastic assessment. Would you rather BYU be this high-flying dunking team or make jump shots? I would rather make jump shots. Actually, I would rather have both. So after further review, I want both. You're right.
0: Dave Rose had the luxury of playing with both at the University of Houston
1: with Five Slamma Jamma. Yeah, that team went to the national title game and had Hall of Famers.
0: Field goal is good. Because BYU will do a ton of that this year behind the three-point line. And that will win BYU a lot of basketball games. So I don't care. If you slam down a dunk, it incites the crowd. It gets everybody fired up. Corbin Confucius is going to be able to do that. Get a few alley-oops here
1: and there. You know what was missing? Eric Mika. Yeah. That's what's missing. Next year it would be better, I promise. Up next on BYU Sports Nation,
0: more of your tweets. Did you see what you wanted to from the BYU Wagner game? And did you win bingo? Plus our helmet stickers. Who deserves the helmet sticker? Stay with us. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out live in Studio B. Remember, if you ever miss an episode of this show live, you can always watch
1: the rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV, 6 p.m. Eastern. And Wednesday night, the Cougar Tip Off is live on BYUTV.org and the BYU TV app. It's the only place you can watch that. Check it out. 9 Eastern time, Wednesday night, BYUtv.org and the BYUtv app. And again, if you missed it, Kyle Collinsworth working through some tendonitis in his left knee. That is the other knee uh, that he uh, injured uh, with his ACL earlier. So uh, last year, two years ago, I've butchered that. Fantastic! <laughs> if this was taped, we'd start over, but it's live, so we'll keep going. <laughs> Wednesday night, 9, nine Eastern, watch We're on the call on that. buddy. this is we'll what makes fun. it authentic, though, Jerem. Yeah, you got one shot, one opportunity. Said Eminem.
0: And I still can't get over the signal you made for Tanner Mangum's Loose. hamstring.
1: I yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that was either. <laughs> I'm having hamstring. a great day. What is it? Ten forty-seven <laughs> Mountain. Can't wait for lunch. It's
0: a Monday. It's a Monday. <laughs> it's fantastic to have all of you with us on BYU Sports Nation, by the way. We can't say enough about how much we appreciate uh, you chiming in, joining the conversation on Twitter, uh, the interaction we have with fans here at Provo oh, and yeah. across the country. It's, it is fantastic to be part of BYU Sports
1: Nation. And it's fun not to run into any of you and fall down. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> yes.
0: Let's give away our helmet stickers mm. this week. Jeremy, you're up first. Who gets your helmet sticker?
1: For game number eight. Algernon Brown. I thought he came in. Six, uh, six carries, 109, two touchdowns, 18 yards of pop, including... I can't tell if I'm putting it on. Okay, there. 37-yard run, a 42-yard run. Both were fantastic. Weaved his way around stuff. Remember, Algernon Brown was supposed to be the number one running back coming into this year. Adam Hine got hurt. Francis Bernard has done a nice job. But the number one running back for BYU right now, Algernon Brown. Is doing a really nice job for the Cougars.
0: How many yards rushing does he have right now, despite having to sit out a few
1: games? Oh, you ask me these questions. Okay, while Jeremy looks that up, up.
0: I am going to give my helmet sticker to a guy who is now run blocking for Algie Brown and the running backs, and that is Remington Peck, a senior guy who was kind of buried on that talented defensive line, not seeing as many reps as perhaps he wanted. Now has an opportunity to come in and play offense for BYU. He was a tight end in high school, he wants to do it. He can play both sides. Remington Peck gets my helmet sticker for stepping into a position that BYU, quite frankly, needed. He's a body that likes if, contact, blocking tight ends.
1: What if Remington Peck is the guy that catches the touchdown pass? for? the Oh, tight end that team. would that be would amazing. Be, that would be awesome. That would be amazing. Algernon Brown before Devon Blackman. Oh, Remington no. Peck a
0: TD before Devon Blackman. Yeah, what's, what's the chance Remington
1: <laughs> Peck has a touchdown catch
0: before Devon Blackman?
1: Algernon Brown has 449 yards rushing now, 5.9 yards carry. Seven touchdowns all? Let's see. Well, he's had seven touchdowns the last three weeks, including one receiving. That's good, man. Holy, cow. He's doing work. So, uh, Algie Brown, algae touchdown Brown, Whiskers-ness doing work. Whiskers has not really caught on like I hoped and knew it wouldn't. So, he scored eight touchdowns <laughs> overall in the last three games? I think it's just seven. Because he had games.
0: six coming in.
1: It's eight. Yeah, All eight of How his touchdowns that? are the last three games. Algie Brown. See, we figured out on the air.
0: Touchdown, Algie Brown.
1: The last three games, man.
0: Just one of the things that I'm guessing you wanted to see BYU do against Wagner. What else did you want to see? Let's get to some of your tweets. We tweet. At Hutch underscore Coog answers this question. What did you see from BYU against Wagner that you wanted to see? He says, I saw a very efficient day from Mangum. Only one incompletion and 237 yards with three touchdowns. That's a full game's work. And he played a quarter and a
1: half. Now, hold on. Read what he he didn't say, Mangum. Oh, no. Did he write Magnum? Said Magnum. Now, that's an easy mistake and probably an autocorrect. Can we read? At Hutch underscore Coog. We're going to chalk that up to autocorrect, okay? (laughs) Mangum. Let's all say it together. One, two, three. Mangum. Mangum. I know he knows
0: I know he he knows. Knows how to I say know it he the right way. Him.
1: I know. I know. I'm just giving him a hard
0: time. You need to add Mangum with that spelling into your spell but, check in your smartphone.
1: But as someone said to me earlier in the year, do we want to change that? It's great PR. Trust me, there's some cheesy poster that's going to be fantastic with that, that used there. At Y for Life. No injuries in a perfect game from Mangum. Also, attendance is still reaching 10K more than anyone else in the state. Ooh, shot fired. What's the chance that... <laughs> Poster that Tanner Mangum comes
0: out is Mangum PI. That would make complete sense, yes, right? right. Yeah. Well, yeah. I am. You p- I am. That was one of my better
1: moments. No, you've had a lot better than that. As CJ Hershey, <laughs> let's do something else to avoid the, the moment. <laughs> no injuries in the scout team play. They need game experience and confidence needed to build depth for the future. Absolutely. I think BYU is a little deeper than we thought. The October schedule, BYU can, can hang with that. By the way, you mentioned it on the post game. BYU 5-0 at home for the first time since 08.
0: It's been that long since BYU has that been is. 5-0 at home.
1: And they're 06-08. BYU won all 18 home games.
0: BYU going to go undefeated at home this year. They're going to beat a very bad Fresno State team. Also, fight on. BYU Sports Nation back with a Cougar Whip right after this. BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help
1: when you need it most. What shall we do, Jerem? With it. It's time
2: for the Cougar whip Around.
1: Football. Brigham beat Wagner 70-6. to 6. Tanner Mangum threw for 237 and three-touch. Bo Hodge threw for a TD and ran for two TDs as well.
0: Men's basketball. Kyle Collinsworth has tendonitis in his left knee and will sit out the Cougar tip-off and rest this week. Collinsworth did not play in Boom Shakalaka. Oh, by the way, record 5,200 fans watched that show, Jerem. Friday night at the Renovated Marriott Center. Jordan Chapman won the men's skills competition. Kylie Miedo won the women's sc- skills competition. Jake Toulson, Lexi Eaton-Rydalch, three-point champions, and Corbin Kafusi won the dunk contest.
2: Cougars in the NFL. Kyle Vannoy had his first career
1: sack, and Ziggy Onsa added a sack and a forced fumble in the Lions' 28-19 loss to the Vikings. Tonight, Alani Fua and the Cardinals host Baltimore. Soccer. Fifth-ranked BYU women's soccer tied.
0: 20th-ranked Santa Clara 0-0 Saturday night. The Cougars Really in a must-win situation from here on out. They begin that against Pepperdine and LMU this week. Both games on BYU
1: TV. Volleyball. 12th-ranked women's volleyball lost in five at LMU Saturday night. The Cougars host San Diego. Friday night, big matchup. That on BYU TV. Swimming and
0: diving. The BYU men won the Pacific invite, including the 200-meter freestyle relay.
1: Nice job. Tennis. Keaton Cullimore lost in the quarterfinals of, of the ITA Regional
2: Championships. Cougars in the CFL. Hey.
1: Austin Colley and the BC Lions
0: beat up the Hamilton Tiger Cats forty to thirteen.
1: Colley had two catches for nineteen yards in the win. I feel like the Hamilton Tiger Cats are like some character from, you know, some cartoon in the eighties or something. He-Man or something. The Hamilton Tiger Cats versus He-Man. <laughs> no. Future guests include or Thundercats Blaine Fowler. or something. Tiger Cats. Yeah. Former
0: quarterback John Beck and Bronco Mendenhall, the head ball coach, will join BYU Sports Nation this week. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Health when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. We're giving it back to Detroit. Ziggy Anza and Kyle Van Noy both had quarterback sacks yesterday. What was yesterday. the nickname
1: we came up with for them? Because Kyle Van Noy has not played much, so that nickname has not... Been... Zion's Curtain. Zion's Curtain, the... Wall of Brigham. What <laughs> I don't remember what we came up with uh, with Tim Twentyman, the Lions The writer. Bash Brethren. <laughs> That's, that one's pretty good, actually. <laughs> Except those two dudes uh, with the A's were both on steroids, so I don't like that one as much.
0: I can't get over how good that BYU defense was in 2013. Kyle Van Noy—I'm sorry, pl-
1: 2012. In 2012. Man.
0: Kyle Van Noy, Ziggy Ansah, Daniel Sorensen, Alani Fua, Wani Unga. <laughs>
1: They were fantastic. Ethan Manu Maleuna, like that was
0: such a good defense. They're really good. No really wonder good. they were top five in the
1: country and five NFL guys. And unfortunately, the offense was mediocre, so BYU won eight games instead of, say, ten plus. What did you see from
0: BYU against Wagner that you wanted to see is our Twitter question today. Our elite tweet of the day comes from @shamo says. BYU gets the win. Wagner gets a new locker
1: room. Yeah. Everyone leaves happy. It costs more than what BYU gave them. He's going to new locker room. I know what you mean. Hey, the paycheck makes everything feel better on the way back to uh, Staten Island. Does it? There's some emotional emotional hurts that money cannot heal. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Perhaps. Hey, thanks to Trevor Madich and everyone on our crew. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter using the hashtag BYUSN.
0: Hey, what's that signal for, uh... The loose. the loose hamstring again. Boom. <laughs> Show on the men on BYUSN.com. Audio podcast on iTunes and the TuneIn app for Jerem on Spencer. Shout out to Jack Williams. BYU Sports Station back to work tomorrow and Radio Vision at noon Eastern. All three of those balls that you were caught nicely done. Nice.